are listening to Saturdays with the Story Dude, a bi-weekly podcast about the world of screenwriting, screenwriters, and, of course, the film and television business. I'm your host, Jared Dean Winchester, and I thought what I would do is talk to you about the critics in the industry. I do not hate them. I do despise the majority of the critics who think they are critics, who think they are qualified, but they're not. So to give you an example, I just found out that a critic or supposed critic does not need to be qualified. You heard that right. Anybody who is anybody can write up a critic or critique of a movie, call it a day, and say, this is my review, this is my opinion, and not really care about the quality of that critique. Now, this is why I have chosen to analyze criticism. Not just take it at face value, but analyze it. And I mentioned this in previous episodes of the show, and I will continue to do this. This does not mean I hate critics. Clear distinction here. Because not many are qualified to become movie critics or television show critics, I don't like the majority of them. I don't pay attention to the majority of the critics. However, there are those critics who mean well, and quite frankly, in some scenarios, I do agree with them on a few things. So let me give you an example of uh, a criticism that is not qualified. So one example that I can think of is I was searching the internet and I came across this review for 13 Reasons Why, the TV show, the Netflix TV show. Now, if you're not aware of what 13 Reasons Why is, now this is a Netflix TV show that focuses on mental health and teen suicides. Very serious topic. Now, in this show, Clay, our protagonist, gets into detective mode and investigates why Hannah commits suicide. 
But the review does not take that into account. The reviewer complains that there are way too many LGBTQ characters. Now, I myself have gone ahead and tested this criticism. What I've done is I have gone through not just one season, but I've gone through the entire season or the entire series would be a more accurate way of describing it. So here's what I found. I found that that's not the case. But the logic that was used by this reviewer is severely flawed. Now, by that logic, what I can do is I can counter-argue that there are way too many straight characters in the movie or in the TV show. I could just as easily argue that. And I'll ask, what's stopping me from doing that? Nothing. So that is an example of a criticism that is not qualified. It had nothing to do with the show's quality, the plot, or how engaging it was, and what could be done better, what are the flaws, or what are the positives of the show. All this reviewer did was focus on one aspect of the show, and that is the gay element. Very sad. It is very sad that even in today's day and age, we have people who focus on things like this when there are bigger fish, fish to fry in the world. Yeah, and that is uh, just sad. Well, I do hope that this person gets a life and does a little bit of research and engages in proper criticism, i.e. objective criticism, rather than pointing out the obvious flaws. Now, don't get me wrong. There are certain things that I will agree with the critics on. One of them includes the cliches of movies. Like, for example, I will now use the example of a movie called The Choice. Nicholas Sparks wrote it. First it was a novel, then it was turned into a movie by a ignorant filmmaker. And I use that term very loosely. 
I will also tell you that the choice was super predictable. And this is where I will agree with the critics on. It was super predictable. And the only reason I went and saw it was because Tom Welling was in it. And quite frankly, his character was literally the saving grace for the movie. His was the only character that was interesting enough. Well, of course, they had to push him to the side as the boyfriend. But there are a lot of cliche movies and TV shows like this. Super predictable. And the drama is also predictable. Cliched. And this is where is one of the examples where I will agree with the critics on. So what I will do right now is cut to a short break, very short break, and when I come back, you may be wondering whether or not you're going to need an agent, a representative, or a manager for your career to make it in the film business. Now, I'm not an expert in this, but I'll offer you my thoughts, my professional thoughts on the subject. So stay tuned. This podcast is brought to you by Spring Whales Productions. Show them you. Welcome back. So before the break, I was talking to you about the critics, how they're not qualified, and in what situations or what scenario that I will agree with the critics on. I don't hate them entirely, and I'm not not in any way, shape, or form allergic, like some of you may suggest. And I've also gone through a couple of examples where... The criticism was not qualified, it was not warranted, and it had nothing to do with the quality of the content. So, with that being said, are you better off without critics? I'd say hell to the yeah. And here's why. Now, in the industry... Showrunners and producers definitely will use gatekeepers and critics to critique your work and to see whether it's good or not, whether it's qualified or not. Now, in some ways, or in a few ways, that's that's a good thing. Because when a producer or a showrunner is forking out say, millions of dollars, sometimes even billions of dollars for a concept, for a high concept, they will expect a return. Now, I'm told that this is 
in excess of 30% on top of what you need to break even. What I honestly do think is that because of the rise of independent filmmaking these days and because it's easy for anyone to make a film, a low-budget film, low-budget, ultra-low-budget, or maybe a mini-budget film, put it on the internet and get some views and get discovered that way. Now, do you really need that agent or a manager to help you with your career? Now, I'm not exactly sure who you're going to deal with on this one, but I do have to say that it's better for you to grow yourself without any help as a filmmaker or as a content creator or, dare I say it, a creative practitioner when you make more and more content you learn from that and that itself is a good thing now why would you want to lose that why would you want to distract yourself from it i would say hail to the no i'd say hail to the no because when you make content you realize that the content that you have made in the past wasn't up to standard now you learn from each and single one of the content that you have created be it film or a tv show now you learn from it and then you apply the lessons that you've learned to the next content you're creating the next movie you're making or the next TV show that you're putting it into. Well, with the industry, they want a surefire, be safe type content. They just want to be safe. They want to play it safe. So what they'll do is they will try to look new spins. They'll try to look for new spins on existing content. Now, Lord only knows, or Zeus only knows, how many films I've watched or how many I have come across that have the cliché boy meets girl premises. I know I sound like a broken record, but hear me out. Now, there are plenty of content like that. But never have these content creators asked themselves, took a step back and asked themselves, hey, why am I doing this? What is the purpose of these two characters falling in love? Am I getting them to learn anything, like, i.e. a life lesson, or i.e. is one complementing the other, like 
complementing their weaknesses. So, for example, let's just say you have a guy and a girl. One guy is, for old argument's sake, let's just say he's shy and doesn't have a lot of confidence. Then comes along somebody, a significant other, possibly, of him, a girl, or a woman, who is the exact opposite of his. She's confident, she's everything that he lacks. Now, is she contributing to his weakness? So is she helping him learn something? Is he learning something from this falling in love with this woman? Now, also, what is the woman learning from this guy by falling in love with this guy? Now, those are the questions that need to be asked when the next time a content creator, a filmmaker, or a TV show runner thinks up a concept like this. I do hope it really resonates. This advice that I'm giving here right here in the very first episode of Season 7 of The Story Dude Show. I hope that really resonates in filmmakers and in people. Now, if you choose to ignore it, fine. Go ahead and make your mediocre movie. But I do have to let you know that the market will be deciding on this. And that's the something that I really hope that... Uh, mainstream content creation does. I really hope that they let the market decide. They invest in something, but let the market decide whether it's successful or not. Now, yes, you can play it safe, but also playing it safe has its limits. And playing it safe can get you so far with the audience until they go, Ugh, not this again. So, my recommendation is no. You do not need a representative because all they're going to do is they're going to coach you or they're going to like tell you things that where you need to play it safe. I would say... Make content, keep making content, a learning from making your content. Now, I know this will be an expensive exercise, but the more you engage in, the more you make, the more content you put out will teach you something along the way. And you will hit that one content piece that says, this is my baby. This is my golden ticket. And you don't even need an agent or a manager. And I would also say, believe in your characters. Believe in your story is the most important advice that I can give you here. And I cannot stress that enough. Because 
This is coming from Tollywood filmmaker S.S. Rajamali, who brought us movies like RRR and Bahubali. So I hope you take this advice and seriously think on it. I'm not expecting you to follow it or take it, but I am expecting you to ponder over it at least, consider it. So, with that being said, this is Jared Dean Winchester, also known as the Story Dude. Thank you for listening to the very first episode of Season 7 of Saturdays with the Story Dude. Now, until I talk to you again, don't forget to turn that page.